It's Talking Football with Vince Tracy and Rob Daniels. So, a very good day, everybody. It is the 2nd of December. It's a bright day. It's not really cold, I've got to say. It's nice. And, uh, well, we've had uh, a nice day yesterday. Over the previous four days uh, up in the Basque Country, I was freezing. It was absolutely freezing. Zero degrees, snow, um, rain, just chilling winds and um i love the basque country but i don't like the weather up there let's go across the mountain uh we'll go down in the car around about an hour's drive and down at playa san juan i should find rob daniels good morning to you rob how are you what's your weather like and uh, how are you feeling yeah good morning vince good morning everybody uh, yeah i'm fine thanks today vince um i know that it's been, it's been cold down there hasn't it the last few days but today it looks quite um the sunshine out there. Everybody's wearing a light coat that I can see walking past, but um, I think we got the tail end of that uh, that really bad storm then in the north of Europe, didn't didn't we? Yeah. That often happens down here. And where you were in the Basque Country, obviously that's closer to um, to the north of Europe, isn't it? It is, and uh, it's often the same weather system. So yeah, not to, not really to be that um, surprised by. But uh, we're going to start off with a tribute this, today, and this is uh, to the former Liverpool and Arsenal player Ray Kennedy, who's died at the age of seventy. He was, of course, um, just one of these great players. Played for Everton. Uh, sorry, played for Arsenal before he played for Liverpool. And his personal highlight was an away goal in the 1981 European Cup semi-final when he scored a great goal against Bayern Munich. Anyway, um, what do you remember of uh, this great player, Ray Kennedy? Well, it's very sad to see him gone, isn't it, Vince? Um, Ray Kennedy was probably at the height of his career when I was growing up. And... He was a household name, at least he was at school, if you like it. All the kids at school were into football. Ray Kennedy was one of the really big names. And that goal he scored in the uh, European Cup final um, is one of the goals I think everybody remembers. And he was only 70 when he died, which isn't particularly that old, is it? And I was quite surprised. Um, And I was quite shocked, actually. But then when I actually looked into it, Vince, um, he had Parkinson's disease from the mid-1980s onwards. Yeah. Now, um, what, how he got Parkinson's disease, nobody really knows. But he'd been very ill for a long time. And you do tend to, when footballers retire, you tend to think they're having a happy life somewhere, um, playing golf and things, don't you? But um, unfortunately, I don't think Ray, Ray Kennedy's um, later life was particularly all that uh, happy because as I say, he was suffering from a disease for a long time. So maybe he, he can rest in peace now. Um, but I was very sad to see him go. Yeah, he was a household name when I was a kid. Yeah, um, he won three European Cups and five league titles with uh, the, the Reds. And he joined from Arsenal in 1974, having done the league and FA Cup double with the Gunners three years earlier. So uh, he was... I I remember him from his Liverpool period, Vince, because I was slightly too young to remember it at Arsenal. But when he was playing at Liverpool, I say this is when I... Right when I was growing up at junior school and things like that, and everybody knew who he was. Yeah. Okay, so uh, a fond farewell then. Uh, Very, very uh, nice looking. Uh, Always tended to um, give you the impression that he was enjoying his football. And of course, when you you were playing with the two great teams like Arsenal and Liverpool were in those periods of time, then yeah. Okay, so next we go to um, England ladies, the Lionesses who um, amassed 20 goals against Lithuania. Now, um, there's been a bit of a fallout from this one, so have you been reading about the game and uh, what do you think about a 20-0 win for the England Lionesses? Right, Vince. Well, I, think, I think it was Latvia, actually, who they played oh, against. Who did I say? Uh, Lithuania. Oh, sorry. It, 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 it's, what, it's, one of the, it's one of the questions I use in class, actually, between the, the Estonia, Lithuania and Latvia. 
but I, I, um, I've got it down as Latvia. No, it's my my but, fault because basically I've got family in Lithuania, and um, because uh, th that comes easier for me to say. You're right, it's Latvia. I don't know why I said it. Okay, moving on. Right. Yeah. Well, um, England's women's team, the Lionesses, as they call them. Um, they thrashed Latvia on Tuesday night, uh, twenty nil. Now, the twenty nil is, I think, it's a record result. But what it really highlights is the difference in funding um, between the different countries. Because, um, as, as you know, Vince, and many of the listeners will know, that women's football in England at the moment, at least, is being promoted very highly. I mean, they've got their own sort of version of match of the day, and they've got a professional league, and the, the players actually get decent wages. And they also play a lot in Germany. I know, I know that there's a lot of women's football in Germany. Um, and I think in, in a place like Latvia, it's only a small country. It probably They probably don't get any government funding. Um, it's just basically women who want to play football and they've probably only got half a dozen teams in the whole country. So there's a massive gap. It's, may, it's maybe like um, men's football was. Possibly 50 years ago, when all of the smaller sort of countries used to get thrashed. Um, but the, the thing that's brought to light really is the sort of difference in in the completely different levels of um, women's football. So yeah, it's another result. What, what, what did you see in that, Vince? Well, um, I, I've said for a long time there are certain countries who, we use the word minnow, um, you know, it's absolutely demoralising if you are going to get beaten something like 20 nil. However, they do say also that, you know, you can learn from being beaten like that. So, uh, you know, you know how big the gap is between the top players and ourselves. And I think uh, you've got to take your hat off to the England girls uh, because when all said and done um, you know you still got to put 20 goals past uh, the, whatever teams in front of you however a lot of the parents um, of the Latvian girls are saying that you know really is it any good having uh, such a beating and you've got to say to yourself yes but this is the the quest isn't it for this business of making the ga the game accessible worldwide and only going by sort of rules and regulations rather than using a bit of common sense now and again i i don't know about you i I don't particularly like to see somebody getting thrashed and especially if you're the one team that everybody wants to thrash then all you're going to get is poor results all the time in which case really um, to use a re really well-worn uh, pun it's not a, a level playing field is it? Professionals well, against it, amateurs. It, 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 yeah, well it is that, that is exactly what it is Vince I mean it is professionals against amateurs um, because like I say the, um, the English team Manchester City and Chelsea and Arsenal and all of the top teams have now got um, professional women's teams and they are at quite a high level. I mean, if you, I, I watch it from time to time after um, after match of the day and it is quite, it, 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 they're quite good. Let's face it, they um, they are quite good and it's quite entertaining to watch. But as you say, teams like these minor teams such as Latvia, these are all part-timers. These are the girls who are playing because they want to. Um, they're amateurs. It's amateurs against professionals, and it isn't really a level playing field at all, no. No. Uh, like yourself, I'll watch the games. I do quite enjoy watching the ladies' football. They do play uh, at top levels uh, very, very, very well. Um, I do, however, also... Uh, resent being made to do things and i get the feeling that this is part of this um drive to reset the agenda and you know uh, by all means yes um whenever they can promote the ladies football but um you know i i think it's okay but at the same time i know we're being manipulated and i don't enjoy being manipulated i never have done and i never will do um, OK, we'll talk about man manipulation. There's an even greater um, sort of example of this. And it's the Ballon d'Or, which, of course, is the, uh, the, the, the ball of gold, I suppose, literally. And um, when you look at it, 
it's supposed to uh, give you the um uh, the three criteria uh, current form is one um sort of the players the way the player conducts himself and current form now uh, it's rather weird, isn't it? You, you know, the way that, uh, first of all, it's like Anonymous, who um, who are these 180 journalists. I suppose there must be a list somewhere, but I've not found one. Um, th- th- these are just journalists. I mean, they're not even... Well, I don't know. I mean, all right. They're only doing the same job as you and I, really, which is looking at games and then deciding which is the uh, the best player for them. So, uh, once again, Lionel Messi picks it up, but I think Messi is the, the, the word I would use to explain the fallout because a lot of people are not very happy with the choice this year. Um, what have you got on it for me? Well, I think it's, it's French journalists, isn't it? The Ballon d'Or is, um, is French, isn't it? Well, it's a French magazine, um, but, but the, there are 180 journalists around the world, apparently, who... Um, oh, oh, OK, so, so it's journalists around the world, but it's all, it's all sports journalists, I think, isn't it? Yeah. But why Lionel Messi won it this year when there were so many other candidates? He didn't have a particularly good season. Um, he's having a really pretty ropey time at the moment at Paris Saint-Germain but he didn't have a very good season with Barcelona last year um, so why they chose him it seems it's, it's either Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo um, I would say personally that Ronaldo had a far better season but there are also lots of other players aren't there I mean look at Mo Salah for example at Liverpool and uh, Mbappe and people people that just they, they aren't possibly as famous it seems that Messi gets all of the votes because he's so famous. That, that's the way I look at it, at least. I don't think he was the best player um, last season at all, by, by a long stretch. Well, well, as I say, looking at the criteria, if you look at his individual and collective performances during the year, you, you've got to look at the year. I mean, not uh, sort of just the very recent but having said that um he hasn't had a very good year at all in fact um it's all been dogged by the money and all the sort of greed side of it so that's not particularly good um if you look at his talent and fair play yes he does um play very fairly he is talented i think it would be wrong of anybody to suggest otherwise um the same could be said of uh, say salah uh, but I always feel Salah could have maybe um, improved his technical ability. I, I always think that he misses as many as he scores. But then oh, again, yeah, he does, yeah, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you do. You look at uh, his, his his ball control at times, and he's an absolute wizard. And then you look at some other times, and he's just not not a wizard. I think's the kindest way to put that. Whereas Messi, any time he gets the ball you feel something's likely to happen. Now, the third um, criteria is probably the crunch part of the vote, which is the career. So if, the, if it's the Ballon d'Or for a particular year, why would you be judging just on a career? I don't understand that. No, well, I, I think um, that part of the criteria... Um, is based on players who are likely to be retiring fairly soon. But um, Messi's won it seven times already. Um, Cristiano has won it, I'm not sure how many times he's won it, but he's had 17 nominations, and I think he's about level with Messi on, on that. But um, yes, I when I heard the result, I immediately thought, I thought, that doesn't sound right to me. Um, there are lots of players who had better seasons than uh, Lionel Messi. I've got nothing against him. I mean, we, we've been speaking about him since he was a very young player, haven't we? And we've both enjoyed his career. He's, he's, he's a gift for football. But um, I personally, I don't think he deserved it this year. But um, I'd say we don't get a vote, do we? Do you know the first person? I'm just looking at this at the moment. Do you know the first person who to get who got the Ballon d'Or was? Um, well, I'm hoping it was somebody like Pele, but I don't know. 
Sir Stanley Matthews. Well, fantastic. Yeah, it, it, in 19, 1956, it's been going for 65 years. So, um, well, that's good to yeah. good to know because I I always liked uh, Stanley Matthews, the Wizard of the Dribble, as they used to call him, and um, of course he has his statue um, up in I think it's Blackpool, is it? No, um, now wait a minute, it was in Stoke. He's got a statue anyway. Um, got, yeah, a, I think his statue was in Stoke. Um, there's a very very interesting documentary um, about him actually on. Um, on Amazon Prime. If anybody has got Amazon Prime, you can watch the, the documentary about Sir Stanley Matthews. And he was revolutionary in his day. He was into nutrition. Um, he trained really, really hard. And he carried on playing, I think, in the top league until he was about 50, didn't he? He was. He was 50 when he played in the first division with um, Stoke City. Um, yeah, and also he was such a gentleman. I mean, you know, it, it was a time when the expression "a gentleman" with the footballer uh, there were not sort of huge amounts of them, but they were gentlemen. And I, I, for example, met Billy Little when I worked in Liverpool University, first job in the world of work. And um, Billy Little came into um, the administrative department of the university where I worked, and my boss absolutely went absolutely AWOL. You could not believe something in his life was just beginning to happen to see uh, this guy coming in uh, because he worked in one of the faculties um, as a retired gentleman, of course. Billy Little, who was the winger for Scotland and Liverpool, just absolutely blew his mind away. So, yeah, great, great uh, memories. Uh, a strange win, a strange choice this year. Uh, it's obviously very political because of course the fact that Messi now plays for Paris Saint-Germain uh, the fact that the whole Ballon d'Or is awarded by a French magazine uh, the fact that obviously um, there is politics left right and centre yeah political decision for me Ronaldo by the way a uh, couple of times on camera we've seen him this year um, there was one particular kick he made on Curtis Jones of Liverpool when Liverpool beat Manchester United 5-0 so um, you know you don't see the best of uh, somebody when you see them do something like that uh, I don't remember seeing Messi kicking out at anybody and he takes a lot of stick I certainly don't remember Mo Salah kicking out at anybody so if you're looking at that criteria again the one thing you can talk about is uh, the, the likes of the uh, the work that Salah and other great players do um, with their own money uh, I know the money's ridiculous I don't, I don't like what goes on there but having said that when they put some back in their own communities yes I think that's the sort of thing I would like to see and Cristiano of course we know uh, does a lot in that respect okay mm. so um, Sadio Mane does a lot of, uh, in that respect as well, Vince. Gives every um, gives every everybody in his village gets five pound um, either a week or a month. I mean, that's just well, it's good. N not, uh, well, yeah, he's, he's he's had schools and hospitals and things built, hasn't he? And um, yeah, he's really putting something back into his local community. But I don't think that's one of the criteria of the Ballon d'Or, unfortunately. No, it isn't. Well, look, uh, we did talk a little bit about Cristiano, and if you've not caught it, his bodyguards are under scrutiny. Have you seen that story? Yes, I have, actually. Um, I haven't seen all that much about it, because I think it's only just coming out now. Um, but he's got he's got bodyguards, um, and they're twins apparently. They're called Sergio and Jorge Ramallera. I think you pronounce it like that. So they sound like the Portuguese, like Cristiano is. And they're former elite soldiers, um, but they have been doing work on the side. They've been asked to carry out um, illegal work, basically, because they aren't policemen; they're security guards. And it's all um, sort of speculation at the moment, but it looks like Cristiano uh, Ronaldo's bodyguards are going to have to go to court for basically pretending to police officers or something when they aren't. 
Um, is, that, is that what you've seen about that? Stuff? Yes. It, well, you, you ask yourself, when is a story not a story? You, you ask yourself also uh, whether journalists are going out to try and find something on people to just sort of keep this uh, sort of agenda 2030 great reset under wraps, you know, to make sure that there are things that everybody's going to be yapping about rather than living their lives and getting on with um in fact, look, let's move on to something which is important. Sergio Aguero, um, great player for Manchester City, got away to uh, Barcelona and um, he took ill during a game. And you've got a story on that one, have you, for us, Rob? Well, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Sergio Aguero, who we all, well, everybody will know because he had, I think, 10 years at Man City, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, before that, he was at Atletico Madrid, as far as I remember. But when he went to Barcelona, yeah, um, I think it was during a training match, but he, he collapsed and they found out that he's got some sort of heart defect. He's, it's, um, they, they call it a heart murmur, which is a basic cover-all term, but what they found is that his heart is, is not beating at a regular pace, and he's going to have to retire, unfortunately. Um, well, that, that's not totally right yet. Apparently, he's, he's um, given it three months. Uh, well, yes, that's that, that's what it depends. Again, Vince, it depends where you, you read. I suppose I was reading about it yesterday yeah. in one of the Spanish football papers and um, ass. And well, we'll have to see. Hopefully, he'll be able to play again. But they're very strict these days, aren't they? On um, on players who, because it happens quite often, doesn't it? Unfortunately, um, players have heart problems and sometimes unfortunately die but um, yeah fingers crossed he'll, he'll be given the go ahead and he'll be, he'll be alright but um, the Spanish press at the moment is um, basically saying that he's, he's going to have to retire but well, I was like looking I said, at we'll it, just have to wait and see I was looking at it from another angle because uh, it crossed my mind that a lot of these sports people who were suddenly uh, dropping down uh, either fa fatally injured or uh, injured for the rest of their career that sort of thing um, I, I was looking to see who'd actually been given the vaccination and it would appear that a lot of um, problems seem to be occurring with top athletes especially footballers at the moment who seem to be um, well I've seen papers where they've been written dropping like flies um but i've never known such a crop of uh sort of heart related conditions like we've been getting um you know we last week we were talking about robert fleck i think it was from sheffield united uh, there were numbers of there have been numbers of players and yeah there was a, there was a there was a player in norway wasn't there as well last week um, yeah. i can't i can't remember his name because because he was in the norwegian league but uh, norwegian second division i think he was but uh, yeah the players do seem to be having heart attacks on the pitch don't they more often than they used to at least well if you're looking for for a common denominator there's one very very quick common denominator which uh I I did look at a lot of comments around that particular um, problem and whether or not um, there is anything involved in that. I mean, I'm probably not going to want to speculate because it's not something anybody wants it to happen to anybody. Um, I mean, at the moment, there's all sorts of things happening uh, where you see this new Omicron variant coming out uh, where there's eminence again amongst the top people in the world saying that um, it's something that is not uh, it's very uh, it, you can catch it easily but it's not uh, a really uh, bad one to get and so you know why everybody's being closed down and everything makes you back to the agenda 2030 reset um, not happy days let's go back no, to I think, I think I think if I, if I'm, I'm just um, thinking about it now, Vince, I think Sergio Aguero um, had coronavirus, didn't he? 
don't remember if I'm honest. Uh, all I do and know I'll, is... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I don't remember any exact details, so uh, please don't anybody take that as, as gospel. But I, I seem to remember that he, he, when he was at Man City, I think, still... However, yeah, it's, it's very unusual circumstances all round. Yeah. OK, well, look, uh, let's go next to La Liga, where, of course, uh, your expertise comes to play. And um, let me know what's been happening. Uh, is there any movement at the top? Any interesting games been happening? Um, what you got for us? Right, Vince. Well, at the moment, we've got Real Madrid at the top. Um, 15 matches, 36 points. They're actually pulling ahead at the moment. Uh, next, we've got Atletico Madrid on 14 matches, 29 points. Um, but Real Madrid this season seems to be pulling ahead um, at this stage. They played last night, actually. They played a, a catch-up match. It was, I think it was match eight of the um, 36 matches because, for some reason, it was postponed earlier on. But they beat uh, Atletico Bilbao 1-0 last night. Um, Elche, which is the team from round where I live, who are going to be in a relegation battle, there's no doubt about it. But they actually won. Um, no, sorry, they drew at the weekend. And because they got a draw, they've actually got themselves out of a relegation position. But the three teams go down, and we've got three teams all on 12 points, Elche being one of them. Um, and they're all fighting for that relegation to get out of the relegation battle. It looks like Levante, unfortunately, which is a team that you follow, Vince, isn't it? Yeah. It looks that they're candidates for the drop. Um, they've only got seven points after 15 matches. But uh, now that, that league is very interesting. There's some really good matches, actually. Um, we've got coming up this weekend, we've got Sevilla against Villarreal. We've got Barcelona against uh, uh, Betis. Athletic uh, Madrid, Mallorca. Real Sociedad, which is my team against Real Madrid. Um, hopefully we'll get a result there. And then we've got Elche against Cadiz. Now, these are both two relegation candidates. Elche are playing at home. Fortunately, hopefully Elche will get three points. I was watching one of the games uh, during the week and, um, in fact, it was up when it was Friday of last weekend. Uh, so it was a Friday night game. And uh, it was very interesting because uh, they were ready to make a substitution. But... They were not, there was not one player running up and down the line, getting himself prepared, you know, ready for uh, inclusion on, onto the, the pitch. And, um, you, you know, these are basics, aren't they? You'd expect the trainer to have that all in hand so that, you know, somebody got injured, somebody can come on quickly. I was quite surprised to see that in the, um, in the La Liga, mm. the Premier League in, in Spain. Um, that was that was, was Athletic Bilbao against Granada, wasn't it? Yes, um, it was. I actually thought about sending you a message during that match because you were up in the Basque Country, weren't you? Um, yeah, I was watching the game. Weekend. Yeah, I was up there and um, I was watching the game in uh, the, the the house that I was staying in. And uh, yes, um, I, I mean the thing was. It was absolutely throwing it down. Um, yes, it was. It was. Yeah, it was dreadful. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I actually passed the Bilbao Stadium on the way in. Um, not that particular day, but um, you, you know, I know exactly. What, in fact, I've been to the stadium, stood on the pitch. Um, so yeah, great traditions there. Great um, tour. If you ever go there, you'll find some um, really interesting things. Certainly, the connections between. Um, British clubs and Atletico de Madrid uh, de Bilbao sorry uh, Atletico I think we just call it don't we uh, Atletico is actually spelled with a TH like in English yes um, the Atletico Madrid who are also somehow related to uh, Atletico Bilbao which I think we've we've spoken about in the past and we'll probably speak about in the future but it's actually spelled athletic like um, English with a TH um, and they were allowed, they, they had to change the name when Franco was around um, because he wouldn't allow it. But as soon as Franco went away again, or as soon as Franco passed away, um, they changed it back to Athletic. Yeah, they've got very proud roots and they're a very unusual team. 
Okay, well, look, um, we had some games uh, in this particular week, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we'll go to those games, have a look at those. Then we'll go back to the Saturday games. Uh, This is all Premier League now. And, of course, we still have to get forward and predict what we think will happen next weekend. So last, uh, this week, Newcastle um, were playing Norwich. Um, I can tell you I predicted a draw for this one. Um, You know, obviously, we didn't get any predictions from yourself because we're out of sequence for you on this one um, but yeah. um, Newcastle of course with Eddie Howe they needed points uh, badly needed points uh, Norwich they actually have started looking like a team it looks like Dean Smith's got them going a little bit um, so I think a draw probably not a bad result for both teams there what did you think? Well, I, I would take a different point of view, actually, Vince. Um, one point each for two teams that are in a relegation battle. Um, I think it would have been better for, for well, from the, whichever point of view you look at it, if you're a Norwich supporter or a Newcastle supporter, for your team to win and get the three points. But yeah, Dean Smith and Norwich, um, they were really um, tail end, weren't they, before Dean Smith took over? And now they aren't at the bottom anymore. Newcastle are at the bottom. The richest club in the world um, is at the bottom of the Premier League. So I think what is possibly likely to happen, um, we'll have to wait and see, because they don't seem to have the the squad to uh, play at that level. I think Newcastle might go down and then have a rebuild. Um, and then come back up again with a far stronger team. But they're, they're, they're looking in dire straits at the moment at Newcastle. They've only got seven points after 14 matches. OK, well, we'll look back to last Saturday in a minute as we go to the second game. Uh, this was also on Tuesday when Leeds United beat Crystal Palace. I'm afraid I did think Crystal Palace would win that one. I put them down for a 1-0 win. Not because I want to. You know uh, th- this is just on current form. Uh, but it looks like you're turning a corner. I was really pleased for you. Yeah, so as I think, um, we definitely needed the points. I mean, we are still not in the clear by a long stretch, but we are, we've we jumped basically from 17th place to 15th, which is only two places up, but it does give us a margin from the relegation zone, doesn't it? And yeah, I was really, really pleased that uh, Leeds got that win, and especially against a team like Palace, because it means that we can play other teams who are on a similar sort of level to us um, and come away with a result, uh, which it's, I was very pleased about that, yes. OK, well, whilst it's in my mind, let me ask you what do you think will happen tonight, Tottenham versus Brentford? I think this is going to be Spurs tonight. Um, I think Tottenham have got a decent team. Uh, they've now got... Uh, a new manager and everything. I think it will be Spurs this evening. OK, so score? Um, I would say Spurs will probably do it 3-1. OK, I think it'll be 2-2 and Eric oh. thinks it will be 1-0 to Tottenham. Uh, the other game is Manchester United playing Arsenal. How do you think that one will go? That is an interesting one, isn't it? Um... I, th- I don't think the new manager at um, Man U hasn't had time to settle in or anything like that. I think they're in complete disarray, or they were in complete disarray um, until they got sacked. Arsenal are pushing for uh, a European place. I think Arsenal will win this, actually. I think Arsenal will win this uh, 1 2. OK, and I think Manchester United will win it 2-1. Uh, the reason why I think that is because with the new manager coming in, um, if you want to stay in a job, then obviously you've got to start playing and pulling your weight a little bit. So, <clears throat> fair, fair, Very fair point, Matt Vince. Yes, all, all, of, all of the players, at least some of the players, are going to have to um, pull their socks up and play a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that one. OK, now we go back to the third game on Tuesday. Oh, no, sorry, to the first game last night. Some full pro, No, not full programme, fairly full programme last night. Um, and it was Southampton against Leicester. We'll look at the 
at the weekend uh, previous in a minute or two. But just going by the form that we've seen so far, Southampton are a bit iffy at home and uh, Leicester City, they are still up and down at the moment so I thought that Leicester would win this one I did expect them to go and maybe uh, get a, a win it tended to um, be 1-2 one, uh, one, for me it ended up 2-2 two, two. Southampton 2 Leicester 2 any thoughts on that one? Well um, Leicester do seem to be having a bit of an up and down season don't they they're still quite high up in the uh, table they're 8th at the moment but Southampton, um, Leeds have actually jumped over Southampton, which I'm quite pleased about. Um, they've got three teams on 15 points, Everton being uh, one of the other teams on three points. Oh, sorry, on, on 15 points. There are three of us. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a fair result, actually. Um, n- not a particularly inspiring match, I wouldn't say, but I think a 2 all draw was, um, was probably about right sharing the points. Um, Liverpool had a really good match, didn't they, last night? I'll come to them in a minute. Let's go to Wolves yeah. <laughs> next. Uh, Wolves were playing Burnley. Uh, I thought Burnley would have shaded this one. Um, I don't know if you caught the story at the weekend. Sean Dyche, apparently, um, you know, with all the snow about and everything, came onto the pitch in his shirt. And uh, one of the commentators or one of the journalists asked him about, um, you know, his shirt. And apparently he turned on him and he said, is that, that all you can really come up with in terms of football is, is my shirt, you know? And I think he's absolutely right. These journalists, they they are, they should be just um, news of the world as was. Um, anyway, uh, last night, Wolves nil. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I was listening to that actually on the Radio oh, right. 5 Live as it actually happened because the match was called off, wasn't it, at the weekend at Burnley because of the weather? Yeah. And yet, um, Sean Dice came out in a, in a, in a short sleeve shirt to inspect the pitch, didn't he? <laughs> um, which, again, he's, no, he's nobody else's business, but they were saying at the time, um, live on Radio 5 Live, that it was like a show of bravado because he, he's from he's from the north, isn't he? So he can go out wearing his short sleeve shirt when um, Conti was like wearing a sort of a massive sort of fairy fairy jacket kind of thing. <laughs> well, certainly a statement, anyway. But I mean, hardly yeah. hardly investigative journalism at work. Um, really. Now, Watford were playing Chelsea. And I put this down as a 2-3. It ended up as a 1-2. Plus, there was a bit of drama in the uh, crowd uh, when one of the spectators apparently had a heart attack. Um, So the game stopped and obviously the precedence was the fan and his health which is absolutely right um funny enough i think there was one at manchester city as well which seems strange that all these things are um happening at the same time but anyway go back to uh watford chelsea not an easy win for chelsea that uh watford um i know obviously they are not the greatest of teams but ranieri's got them looking like a good team again yeah, and they put up a good fight as well, didn't they? Um, as you say, unfortunately, the match starts now. I think it was the 11th or 12th minute. Um, play was stopped for a while because the, um, somebody in the... Uh, one of the supporters, unfortunately, had a heart attack. I hope it's positive news. But um, Chelsea... I don't know if Chelsea made hard work of it, but they ended up winning 2-1. But Watford put up a really good fight and Ranieri, when he was interviewed after the match was extremely happy with his team's performance. So even even though they lost, he was very, very happy with his team's performance. So, um, yeah, but Chelsea, well, Chelsea are at the top still, aren't they? Um, it's basically between the three, I would say. Wouldn't, wouldn't you, Vince, at the moment? It's basically between Chelsea, Liverpool and City. Well, I, I still think it's very early days. So, uh, yeah, yeah but <laughs> it, they are three teams playing exceptionally good football. Let's go to... You keep trying to get me back to Liverpool. I'll, call, I'll come to that in a minute. Uh, West Ham playing... You're saving the best till last, there. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham playing Brighton. Uh, I put this down for a two-all draw... Um, Eric thought it'd be 1-0 to West Ham and it was 1-1 so um, I I think that's probably a good reflection on two good teams there I didn't see the game because I was watching Liverpool's game but um, did did you get much from that game? 
I was watching the Liverpool game as well, Vince, but I saw the highlights. Um, there was a, a special match of the day on last night um, that showed the highlights of all of the matches that were played over the last couple of days. And they, they are two good teams, aren't they? I thought West Ham would probably do it because they are looking like they quite seriously want to get into Europe this year. But um, as we know, Brighton have got a very solid team. Um, Graham Potter has built together a very, very solid Brighton team. And he ended up 1-0. OK, um, Man City visited Aston Villa and uh, my prediction was 2-1, which is exactly what happened, to, uh, 2-1 to Manchester City. Um, this, uh, again, we had uh, the fan, uh, obviously, with the heart attack and we wish both of the fans well. Um, but uh, Steven Gerrard then, uh, finding just how tough it is, I think that was not a bad result. Um, I didn't see the game, as I say, I just saw the results. Um, I didn't watch match of the day because, basically, I was watching full towers too much football um <laughs> too many boring and horrible things going on in the world so i wanted to watch basil faulty um okay so man city imperious again or were they lucky well they, they, they won it too long but um <clears throat> i think aston villa now that steven gerrard is in charge you can see that they are actually trying a lot harder um and the, again, I watched a match of the day last night. I didn't watch Faulty Towers. I, probably, I maybe should have done. But um, they, they were speaking about um, Stephen Gerrard in charge. In fact, interviewing him. But because he's such an iconic footballer, he's only recently retired, um, all of the players want to play well under him. He inspires them just because of who he is. Um, they couldn't win it last night because they were playing against Man City, but uh, I think it's probably a very good idea for him to take over Aston Villa. Oh, I was doubtful at first, wasn't I, as we spoke you about were. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but I'd, I've come round to see your point on it, and I think it's a good move for Steven Gerrard, and I think it's a very good move for Aston Villa. Yeah. OK, well, now then, talking about uh, good, Liverpool-Everton. Uh, it was a difficult game in many ways, this one, because uh, this was the game where last year uh, Virgil van Dijk uh, had that terrible crucial ligament uh, injury. We also lost Thiago in that game. So um, when Rafa Benitez was talking a little bit about sort of roughing up Liverpool um, in the pre-match talking, uh, it would appear that um, Jurgen Klopp was was probably a little concerned as to what would happen. It turned out that there were some moments of absolute brilliance uh, from Liverpool. But I've got to say, I did think Everton played quite well. Uh, when they got it back to 2-1, I won't say that I was desperately worried, but I was really looking forward to a third goal going in. And Liverpool are averaging three goals a game at the moment. Um, there was uh, two really good goals from Mo Salah, a great goal from uh, Diego Yot uh, Jota. Um, yeah, great goal from him. And... Um, Quite frankly, you know, the team is looking very good. As I said earlier, we've got three really excellent teams. Uh, Chelsea, don't forget, are the European champions. Man City, they're always, every time they play, they look good. Uh, but Liverpool are looking a lot more all-round. They look as if there's goals can come from everywhere at the moment. So what did you think? Yeah. Well, um, I actually enjoyed that match, Vince. As you know, I went, I went out especially to watch it. And also, it coincided with the Real Madrid match. So, I was sort of in between the two. But I found, I found the um, Everton-Liverpool match, because it's a Merseyside derby, I actually found it a lot more interesting. Um, and, yeah, when it came back to 1-2, um, just before half-time, it could have gone either way, but then Liverpool came out in the second half and there were some, yeah, a couple of really good goals when there's Mo Salah and Diego Jota and they ended up winning it 4-1 uh, away from home. So they've got the bragging rights, but they're also keeping their position, whereas Everton are in quite a, uh, playing a bit of a sticky wicket at the moment. Everton are only, I think, one, one place above Leeds at the moment. So um, Everton are on the way down. But as you say, Liverpool's scoring. Um, this is something I've, I've made from my notes from last weekend, but now it's changed um, because they've won again. 
it's the first time a top a top flight team has scored uh, two goals or more in the last 16 matches since Wolves did in 1939. Now that was before they played Southampton and they won four nil. Now it was 17 games, and the last team to do that was Sunderland in 1929. They got four in again last night. Now I haven't had a chance to check it out. But that might be a new record. Um, I know that Klopp and, and you, you yourself are not particularly interested in records, but that's not bad going, is it? Getting, getting two or more goals in in 18 games. Um, Fantastic. It's incredible goal scoring. Yeah, yeah. And, and a word also for Rafa Benitez, because, you know, it's a shame. Um, difficult game for him, that one, because obviously he, he has uh, a great name with Liverpool, uh, but he's inherited uh, a lot of problems at Everton. I was listening to a couple of people discussing, um, you know, obviously his injuries and also the financial implications that, uh, you know, he, it's almost like it's history repeating itself. Uh, like what happened up at Newcastle United so it'll be interesting to see whether he can buy new players when it comes to the uh, the transfer window in January I'm going to take us back to the weekend now because obviously uh, there were some good games uh, we've got the predictions to come as well so we go back to Arsenal 2 Newcastle 0 uh, you saw that as a good win I saw that as a good win uh, for Arsenal so we were both right on that one um, Arsenal did produce the right form Newcastle Eddie Howe has got a little bit of a mountain to climb there hasn't he oh Eddie Howe's got a, a real mountain to climb but um, I, I think he's the right choice actually I think I mentioned this when he was first um, made manager of Newcastle because he's still young and he's very very ambitious and he had a really good um, spell at Bournemouth didn't he and he now he's going to have to rebuild that Newcastle team Um to his own to his own sort of model, if you like, but uh, they're not going to do it overnight. And um, as I said earlier on in this podcast, obviously nothing's certain at the moment. But I, I can see Newcastle going down into the Championship and then bouncing up again with a remodeled team, remodeled by Eddie Howe. Um, we'll just have to see how that happens. But um, yeah, Arsenal won two 0 quite easily. Okay, uh, we look at uh, Liverpool as we have highlighted. They've been scoring um, for fun at the moment. Four nil against Southampton. Southampton good on the road, um, but Liverpool again they just looked very very strong. And um, when they're in this sort of form, anything can happen. Great win for uh, Liverpool on Saturday as well. Yes, um, four nil. What can you say, Vince? I mean, um, they're, they're, they're just knocking so many goals in at the moment, Liverpool. It's unbelievable. And as you say, Mo Salah misses probably more than he gets on target. But he's a bit of a goal hanger, so he, he shoots a lot. And when he actually gets them in, he, he they're really good goals. However, he um, sets up Jota. He, he's not he's not that greedy, actually, isn't Mo Salah. He, he sets up Jota for the second goal. Um, and he could have had a go himself, but he didn't. He decided to pass it to his teammate who got the goal in. And um, Virgil van Dijk, who was injured, um, as you say, in the Everton-Liverpool match last season, he got one in. Um, he got the fourth goal in from a set-piece corner, um, which was taken by our mate Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a good performance from Liverpool. A very, very interesting match, I thought. And we both had that one down for a win. Um, yeah. When we go to the next game, it was Norwich playing Wolves. Uh, that was a no-score draw. So I'm going to go on to Crystal Palace against Aston Villa. Um, and I thought that um, Crystal Palace would draw this one. Uh, you thought that uh, they'd win, and the score was Crystal Palace 1, uh, Stevie Gerrard's team 2. So that was a great win, actually, for Aston Villa, wasn't it? It was, and that was um, what I mentioned previously, is where you can see that Stevie Gerrard has installed confidence in his team. Um, they're, they're up for it now. Um, and again, Patrick Vieira, he's new to the Premier League at, at Palace. I think he's building quite a good team. I thought this was a good scrap, actually. I, I enjoyed the match. Um, but yeah, Villa, 
under Steven Gerrard now, they, they've got that extra boost, haven't they? They've got... Um, well, well, we'll have to wait and see where they end up at the end of the season, but um, I've, I don't think either of them are going to go down. But um, they're both good teams and they're relatively young and inexperienced managers, aren't they? I mean, this is the first time that Patrick Vieira has been a manager in the Premier League and it's also the first team Steven Gerrard has been. So, uh, yeah, there's some good up-and-coming managers out there, aren't there? OK, going to Brighton next, where I thought it would be a draw. Um, and uh, Sorry, I thought that uh, Brighton would win that one. You thought it would be a draw, but then again, you never vote against your own team. Um, <laughs> I was pleased that you got your point, and uh, obviously uh, Leeds are beginning to get a little bit of momentum. So well done for that one. Yeah, well, it was a nil little draw, wasn't it, Vince? I mean, um, it could have gone either way at any stage of the match, but neither team was able to get the ball in the back of the net. Um, one point about that match, both teams wore black armbands to remember Gary Speed, who unfortunately um, left us 10 years ago. But, um, yeah, I, I was pleased with the point, Vince. I'll take anything at this stage. <laughs> OK, well, look, um, because basically I'm looking at the clock... I think what we'll do is we'll go straight to the Premier predictions. And so we'll start off with a very interesting London derby where West Aim will be uh, facing Chelsea. Now, um, I think this will be a draw. And the reason why I say that is Chelsea are just looking too good to beat. West Aim have just come off um, another draw. So... I will be very surprised if they don't try and uh, go for the draw on this one. Uh, so I'm going for 2-2 as a draw. You'll go for 2-2. Well, I'm going for 2-1, actually, Vince, because it's a London derby. West Ham um, are doing well this season, and they will be going full on. Um, it's, it's unfortunate that they're not playing at Upton um, Park anymore, isn't it? Because... That used to be, they, they would have definitely got all of the crowd around them. But I think I can see it being 2-1 to, to West Ham, to be honest. OK, well, perhaps the bubble has burst. You don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. Somebody, some, somebody's got to beat Chelsea one of these days. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> OK, uh, Newcastle, uh, they have a northern uh, hard knocks um, fixture because Burnley who obviously can all play in uh, T-shirts at the moment if they really put their minds to it. Um, they're the visitors. I think this one will be a 2-2 draw. Um, OK, Sean Dyche will be there. It might even be topless. You never know. So how do you think it'll go with this one? I agree with you, Vince. Actually, I think it'll be a 2 all draw. Both northern teams, um, as we know, Sean Dyche can go out in the, in the freezing cold wearing a T-shirt. But you know what the Geordies are like? They go on nights out, don't they, in the middle of winter wearing sort of like mini skirts, the girls in mini skirts and the lads in short sleeve shirts. So the weather won't bother either of them. But uh, yeah, I can see it being a two all as well. OK, we go to our next game, which is Wolves. Uh, sorry, not Wolves. It's, um, yeah, it's Wolves entertaining Liverpool. Woof, that is going to be a difficult game for them. Uh, but however... I still think that it's all, you know, nothing is ever written in stone. So I'm going for a Liverpool win, but just by one goal, nil one. Right. I would. I, I was going to put uh, nil two, actually. Um, it will be a difficult match because Wolves fight, don't they? Um, they're not going to let it go easily. But I just think the quality of Liverpool will, will win the day. And I've got it down as a nil two to Liverpool. OK, well, they hunt in packs, Wolves, so you never know. They might get a pressing game going. You just don't know as we go to Southampton. Um, home form looks a little bit better. They drew with Leicester. However, Brighton, I think, will be a little bit uh, of a different proposition. It's a South Coast derby, and I think it'll be um, Southampton 2, Brighton 3. That's where I think this one will end up. I think there'll be plenty of goals in that one. Um, I've actually got it down as a 2-1 to Southampton, um, purely because of the home advantage, basically. Um, 
But I say anything, anything could happen. I've got it down as a 2 1 to Southampton. They okay. also need the points because they are dropping leads above them now. So uh, let's hope they don't win. <laughs> okay, we go next to uh, Watford where Claudio Ranieri's team will be hosting Man City. Unfortunately, Man City always seem to come up with the goals in this game. So I'm going to go for 3-1 to Man City. I've got it down as a 1-4 to Man City, actually, Vince. Um, I don't... Yeah, Watford under Claudio Ranieri um, are sort of a bit rejuvenated. But the way that Man City are playing at the moment... Um, I've got it down as a one for to City. Okay, now I made me predictions before last night's games, so I've probably got this one wrong. Leeds are at home to Brentford. Um, I think uh, if I stay with what I said, it's going to be Leeds 1, Brentford 2. However, I think you're in the process of turning a corner. So I'm not going to change my prediction, but I still think that um, uh, it's going to be difficult. But I think you'll draw this one, actually. I'll go for 2-2. But I've put down 1-2 with Eric, so that's where it is. (laughs) 1-2? I think we're going to win this, Vince, to be honest. And that, in all seriousness, without uh, me just being a lead supporter. Um, because Brentford had a very good start to the season, but they seem to be going downhill. Um, Leeds had a bad start to the season, and they're still having quite a bad season. But I can see this being 3 1 to Leeds. In, in all seriousness, not just because I'm a lead supporter, that is what I actually consider the result being. So we'll have to talk about that next week. Okay. well, look, you you know, because it's your team, I would like it to do well. And um, you've got, I think, Patrick Banford's back, isn't he now? Or if he's not, it might be for this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, A few of the injured players, they're actually coming back now. And hopefully we'll be turning a corner and moving up the table or staying where we are. We don't want to move down the table again, but... um, yeah, I think, seriously, I think Leeds can do this 3-1. OK, I've got four games. I've got four yeah. and a half minutes. Manchester United, Crystal Palace. I'm going to put this down as a 2-2 draw because Vieira has got his team playing. Um, Manchester United's new manager will be in. They will play better. I don't think they'll win. I'm going for 2-2. I've got it down as a 1-1, actually, Vince. Um, I say the new manager, Rangnick, uh, something he's called, isn't he? The uh, German guy. He won't have had time to settle in yet. Obviously, as you mentioned previously, the the, the new players are going to be playing for their place, aren't they? Because he's going to have to sell some in the, in the transfer window. But I've got it down as a one all. OK, Tottenham are playing Norwich. My heart would love Norwich to win. However, I think Tottenham will win this one 2-1 Oof. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 um, I don't Norwich are, are improving but I can't see them beating Spurs I, I, I can see Spurs beating them 3-1 OK now we go to a Midlands derby uh, Aston Villa will be playing Leicester City now, this will be interesting because Brendan Rodgers meets up with Steven Gerrard. I mean, they'll have a cup of tea and a biscuit, certainly at some time during the proceedings. But I think it will be 2-2. There's my prediction. 2-2. Fair enough. I've actually got it down as a, a 3-1 because I think um, now that Steven Gerrard's at Luke, uh, Aston Villa, you can see the ch- a change in the team. But as you say, Brendan Rodgers and Leicester... Well, they they know each other very well, don't they? But um, not on managerial terms. I think this is probably the first first time Steven Gerrard's been a manager in the Premier League. So I think Villa will be putting on... It's a Midlands derby. Villa will be going all out to uh, impress the crowd and impress Steven Gerrard. 3-1, 3-1, I've got it down as Vince. Okay, and the last of our fixtures is at Goodison Park, where Everton take on Arsenal. Now, look, I don't wish Everton anything other than the best. I particularly like Rafa Benitez, and I know that he's got a lot of problems. Arteta has got Arsenal playing well. Sorry, Everton, but I have a feeling this will be nil 4 Ooh, nil 4 I've got it down as an Arsenal win. Uh, I've got it down as a 1-2. 
But um, no, for that is that's a that's a sticky neck out of it there, Vince, isn't it? But I can see where you're coming from. Everton are having a bad time at the moment, um, and Arsenal are going pretty well. Um, but I've got down to one, two, two to Arsenal. Okay, uh, we've just got a minute left. A couple of things I can tell you. I don't know if you saw the Norwegian team. I think it was in the top uh, top division. Two of their players fell out and uh, one pushed the other. <laughs> and the guy that he was pushed was feigning a bad injury. I mean, have you ever heard of anything so stupid as that? Um, I mean, that really was, <laughs> that was a daft one. And then there was one from Italy where apparently an Ita- Italian feminine news report Porter uh, was commenting on TV live and uh, one of the, um, the fans, I think it was, went past and um, groped her as he went uh, past the camera. I mean, really, you know, these these girls, do, they do really have some horrible people about because at the end of the day, that's disrespectful. Um, and when the girl's doing a job, I think that's not very nice at all. Um, very sad to hear, to hear about that one. Yeah, did you did you did you see the uh, South American one, the, the final of the uh, Copa de Libertadores in South America, where um, there was there was a bit of a argy bargy on the pitch. There was a bit of handbags on the pitch, but the referee, when he went to split it up, he, he he tapped one of the players on the back just to sort of like take move on, get out of the way. And this guy went down like he was going to try and win an Oscar for being shot in a, in a spaghetti western or something. Absolutely incredible. He got a red card for doing it. And he was right at the end of the match and, the, and their, their team was winning, so there was no reason for him to do it. Um, so, yeah, there's been very unusual things happening out there all over the place at the moment. Right, Rob, we're right on the hour. We've done exceptionally well. Uh, thanks very much indeed for your time and look forward to chatting next week. My pleasure as always, Vince.